Welcome to the Falkirk Center Podcast. Dave Bratt uh, stops by to talk with me about uh, current events, the winners and losers for this week, and we also sit down with Rob McCoy to talk about religious liberty in the state of California. All of this on the Falkirk Center Podcast starting now. Hey guys, Ryan Helfenbein with the Falkirk Center. I'm joined by the one and only Dave Bratt, who's fresh from a haircut, That's back right. alley haircut, right. yep. or in the front porch. Yep. No, not in a stylist, but I had a stylist. It was okay. all, it's all good. The question is, did he break the law in getting the haircut? <laughs> oh, uh-oh, I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to tell, no all comment. right? We're not going to tell. But hey, uh, Dave, it's so good for you to stop by. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. And uh, there's so much to discuss, and we, I always love your analysis on the news because what you're able to do is take the factual, the economic, uh, the business side of things, and also apply it to the philosophical, uh, the theological, and the historic. I mean, right. it's, it's amazing how history for most people goes a week back. We mm -hmm. don't get in and tap into the tradition. Yeah. We don't get into the history of this country anymore. Yep. Uh, so a big key in this is to know your data and yeah. your information and yeah. you well, definitely that's the, do that's what the falkirk center does absolutely so it's good to be a part of it that's good well this week uh there's a couple of winners and losers yeah. i just kind of want to walk through a couple of things yeah uh right now we we see bailouts uh you know two trillion dollars roughly in, in liquidity the question is is wall street getting yeah. this money or is Main Street getting this money? Yeah. And so I got an article here from uh, the Wall Street Journal editorial board. It says the Federal Reserve on Thursday rolled out revised terms for the Main Street lending program. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about this article, I'm not going to get into all the weeds of this, but you can look at it. It's called the Main Street Fakeout. It basically says that the new terms don't really exercise any more lending than before. Yeah. And what's interesting is that you think about, and we're talking about, Retailers that have good books, they've they've yeah. uh, they're ethical, they're above yep. board. They've been yep. some of them been in, in in business for three and four generations, right? right? Yeah. Uh, but they're not getting a fair shake yeah. uh, from this from these bailouts yeah. from these incentives. So, yeah. what's yeah. going on there? No, Main Street, Wall Street, again, uh, a long unbroken streak of wins for Wall Street mm. and the forgotten man and woman who Trump ran for and who Bernie. Actually, yeah. <laughs> fights for they just have a socialist solution right. that won't do it. But uh, yeah, the small mom and pop lost again, mm -hmm. and so anyone with uh, linkages to their banker or, or have uh, their books ready to go and the speed dial ready to go uh, won, and that ended up being the bigger right. And maybe it wasn't intended that way, but over and over and over, when our elites get together, and that's the outcome. Uh, yeah. The people are scratching their head, and that's why you're getting a populist movement uh, on the Republican side that's replacing uh, the billionaire support system, and yeah. on the left, that's what they do for mm -hmm. a living. Mm -hmm. And then the Federal Reserve System, the same thing, right? 0708, they bail out uh, the rich, the, the, the banks, mm -hmm. and the elites get bailed out, and that, mm -hmm. that produced a populist backlash. Remember cash backlash. for clunkers Ca as well? Oh, just yeah. one after the other. Yeah. And uh, now the Fed is getting involved in the same thing. And what most people may not know, uh, if you go do a little reading, the, you hear about the inflationary threat or whatever. But where that really hits is when you print all that money, right? That money, it, it used to be $4 trillion on the balance sheet of the Fed. Now it's 7 or $8 trillion. Mm -hmm. Where does it go? Mm -hmm. So where does it go? Well, back in 07, 08, it went to the housing market, and that was the bubble. 
And now where does that money go? It goes toward equities and bonds. Who has equities? The rich, right? The average American has $400 in savings. So where did the $7 trillion go? Yeah. Soaked up by the equity market to save the economy. Yes. Because we keep creating bubbles because we don't live within our means. Yeah. So maybe the solution is getting back to uh, liberty. I'll just say this, just a quick thing. You know, in the state of Virginia alone, something like 725,000 registered small businesses. Yeah. Now that number shrinking by the day, of yeah. course, through this yeah. through the shutdown. Um, so Governor Northam opened up the state. Yeah. But you look at uh, half of the of the state's workforce, yep. and that's outside of that blue band in Northern Virginia, right. the fe the right. federal workers yeah. and state right. workers, right? Right, they're uh, safe. You were in Richmond. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of state workers in that yep. area, and some yep. federal workers. But a lot of the rest of the state, agriculture, small businesses, yep. retail, right. you name it, right? Uh, um, these are farmers. Uh, these guys are are getting hurt, right? And uh, the supply chain in terms of the production of food yeah. and those processes all getting hurt. Yeah, I believe by this. Ryan Helfenbein had a piece with Breitbart and no. Trump retweeted yeah. it a couple yeah. of days on this. So <laughs> go look that up. Go look that up. <laughs> That's great, though. No, thank you. Um, I am going to get into this a little bit, yeah. uh, winners and losers. But uh, you look at what happened to Brett Kavanaugh back yeah, in 2018. Boy. You were Awful. in Congress at that time. Yeah. Uh, and you saw the, uh, the, the guilty before proven innocent yeah. approach that yeah. the left took. Now, uh, big surprise, it looks as though there's a new standard now yeah. that applies shocker. to Joe Biden. Big right. shocker. Right. Uh, what comes out of this? Yeah, well, it, this doesn't take a Ph.D. in ethics to sort this one out. It just takes Joe Biden's quote himself. Mm -hmm. He stated that the criterion, that's what ethics is, it's the criterion for moral judgment. He stated the criterion back when Kavanaugh was up uh, was that he had to prove that he was innocent. Mm -hmm. Kavanaugh had to prove you're guilty unless you can prove you're innocent, yeah. Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. Well, now that the shoe's on the other foot, all of a sudden Biden has changed his ethical criteria, mm -hmm. which makes you wonder how deep his political philosophy is, but that's a side point. But right. in, in, no shock, right? right. Uh, he's got a different ethical standard for himself. Yes. Right. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and I will throw up point number two. I'll just make it quick. Yeah. When did this come out? Uh, just for you critical thinkers out there, it's fascinating that the accusation against Biden comes out after Bernie's out of the race. Think about that. When does the mainstream media finally decide to unload? They know it's coming up. So when do you get rid of it rashly with the least pain? Right after Bernie gets out with the longest time before the election date. Mm -hmm. And that's when the story broke. Boom. Yeah. So, I mean, if that doesn't, I, I hate to make you more cynical, but sorry. Yeah, well, no, we're all there. Yeah, uh, I think I we all took the I red, we all had the red pill, right? Right. In, in the sense of uh, we all got woken up yeah. by that and rattled a little bit. I want to change uh, directions. The FBI's Flynn outrage. So now we're yeah. coming back to Michael Flynn, yep. which uh, if anybody remembers back in 2017, he pleaded guilty with a single yeah. count of lying to the FBI agents about conversations he had with Sergei Kislak, uh, Russia's ambassador to the right. U.S., Thanks to new documents, the feds belatedly turned over to his attorneys. We know the FBI engineered this crime. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I I don't know. I'm not going to even get into the whole Whitey Berger thing in the 80s. But I just, there's something that stinks, not yeah. only in the FBI, oh, but in the special investigation, special yeah. prosecution uh, that was appointed. And by the way, uh, this article, FBI's Flynn Outrage, this is from Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal. Who is awesome. Yeah, she's a great writer. And Flynn is a three-star general. Yeah working at the heights of the Trump administration, mm -hmm. and the left knows he's going to be effective, 
And so it's a takedown. And so what did we discover in the news? A little handwritten note. What are we going to do with this guy? Yes. Should we uh, indict him or scare him or fire him? What's our goal? That's what the note, the note says. What's our goal here? Mm-hmm. It's just shock. This is the CIA and the FBI. You're not supposed to say anything bad because it, it, it's patriotic or whatever. Right. No, these guys are, they're thugs. Mm-hmm. This is bad cops at the top of the system. And uh, what's his name? The, the, the head of the FBI, Comey, mm-hmm. is the worst of the worst. His smug attitude throughout this whole thing. Uh, the FBI has, it's going to take decades to recover the reputation they deserve, right? There are hardworking men and women in both agencies. Uh, but if you don't come out and speak against your leadership when they're doing wrong, it's a yeah. little on you too. Yeah, no, that's right. That's yep. right. So uh, as far as any predictions, FBI, Michael Flynn, you think Michael Flynn will be exonerated? Oh, I think he'll be exonerated. I think he'll be in the White House within a month. That would be wonderful. Yep. That'd be wonderful. I'm just wondering in terms of the personal cost, if there's any way to be you know, I, he almost went bankrupt trying to defend yeah. himself. Yeah. I hope something good comes out of that. Oh, there, I, with that note, there's there's legal recourse and, mm-hmm. and economic recourse for him. But he, not for everybody else that has gotten torched, mm-hmm. not for Kavanaugh. There's no way to reclaim his life. That's right. And so what the left is doing to people, yeah, it, it's it's quite unbelievable. It's insane. Yep. Well, I just want to turn real quick, just as a thought, uh, yeah. it's a brief comment. Uh, we're going to get to Rob McCoy, but the state of religious liberty in this yeah. country, I was on a conference call, uh, Dean Bratt, with, with about 10 different pastors uh, all across the United States, one in California, some in Missouri, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, yep. uh, and, and some of them rural, some of them big cities, Tallahassee, yeah. Atlanta, L.A. County, I mean, yep. you name it. And so, uh, all of them have different stories about being fined, yeah. about uh, being uh, prisoners. Uh, some of them been arrested. I mean, it's just insane. And so yeah. you have these governors uh, in some of these states yeah. uh, that are that are, are acting like they're little tyrants. Yeah. And you've got these pastors who are being local heroes. Yeah. And I just, it's a brief comment because we talk about this often. Yeah. How we interpret scripture as Christians yeah. is so important. Yeah. Romans 13, yeah. oftentimes people will make the appeal to Romans 13 that in every sense and always and forever, no matter what abuse of power, we're yeah. supposed to obey the government. Yeah. Is Romans 13 really saying that? Is that what Paul's saying, if we execute that properly? Or is are we to, to look at that through the lens of, uh, you know, the specific context in the first century yeah. versus the context of our own times? Yeah. What's the application for Christians today? Yeah, well... Point number one is uh, we got to start doing theology again mm-hmm. uh, because the fact that the American uh, civics that you're being taught in high school, kids aren't getting any of this. Right. None of it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this isn't an ongoing conversation, this is your first principles. For anybody who believes yeah. in God, this is your first principle. So we need to get to theology in the first place. And then in the second place, uh, beyond the religious questions on salvation, it's uh, what does it mean to build the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. And if you ask your pastor class that, you're going to get a million different answers. Right. And that shows we have some problems, right? Yeah. In, in the United States of America, with the founders we had, mm-hmm. and then to finally answer the question on the on the exegesis, I mean, it, it is tricky because we have not done a good job. Yeah. Right. Most all history have, has not been as, nearly as passive as we've become in the last three decades or mm-hmm. so. Right. To the extent that, no, we don't want to really win China. You know, we know they're killing people, but we're not. You know, it's not our business. It's not our thing. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Right. The central event in the right. Hebrew text, our text is the Exodus. It was a political Huge. event par 
yeah. everything. Right. It's all in political. Yeah. Save my people, free my people, and that's what the Exodus was. Sure. And so uh, with with Romans, uh, the exegesis is, you know, obey your leaders. Well, then it gets a little more complex because history's moved on, and the sovereign, in our case, is the people. That's right. And so obey your political leaders, yes, mm -hmm. but your political leader works for you. Yes. And so now it's incumbent on you to get your act together mm -hmm. so that as a country we have our act together. And if you're opting out, uh, you're defaulting on Romans 13. Mm. God has put leaders uh, in the sword not in vain, right? That, it, that's right. That's, that's okay. We're there. Mm -hmm. uh, but the leader is you. Yeah. Right? And, and that fits Reformed theology. That fits you. That's prophet, right. Prophet, priest, and king. You're all three. If you didn't know, you're all three. Yeah. So, but that's, we got to get back to first principles. I agree. And I, th I think it's interesting because I, I, uh, I would consider myself part of that Reformed tradition, Reformed camp, yeah. uh, Augustinian all the way right. through Calvin and, right. and a Reformed right. Baptist. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll come out and say this for my, for my own tribal group. I, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, John MacArthur and John mm -hmm. Piper and R.C. Sproul. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say that there is something lacking or missing in terms of a robust public theology. And I think at times uh, there's punting mm -hmm. uh, on certain issues when there shouldn't be. Um, I think when you um, when you hear things that what uh, Pastor John MacArthur even says, who's excellent as a as a communicator, as a pastor, as a preacher, and and an exegete of Scripture, but I also think there are times where you, he doesn't get too much into the fray. Mm -hmm. Certainly loves to vote, mm -hmm. but there's mm -hmm. more to it than that. Mm -hmm. um, and so for some people within the reform camp, it's as though yeah, there's. There's uh, everything culturally except for government. We just don't get yeah. involved in that. And, and we're yeah. going to need a coming a renaissance yeah. and a revival taking place in that area. Yep. So. And, and within the reform circles, I went to Princeton Seminary, so I'm yeah. clearly reformed. It, but uh, it, it's gotten so PC yeah. that, that people will get political if it's all soft and gushy yeah. and full of feelings. Right. Right. Uh, but when it comes to the hard decisions, mm -hmm. uh, the Chinese have one to three million Muslim uh, Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Yeah in concentration right. camps, re-education, and it's from God, they're Muslims, uh, yep. to no God, Chinese atheism. Right. Where Where's the Muslim community? Where are the liberals on this one? Yes. They're AWOL. Where are they on Tibet? They're yeah. AWOL. Where mm. are they on Tiananmen? That wasn't that long ago. Right. Where are they on the underground church, the yep. civil liberties? Where are they on women's rights? Women in Tehran. It's yeah. Just, yeah. So the left, everything's, if it's PC, it's, it's, if it's easy, if it's yeah. an easy lift, mm. and you can, you know, pay for it by using someone else's money. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's key. a clever one too, right? That's so key. Uh, we're we're way behind. Yeah, I'm glad are. you asked the question because that uh, that that's right on the money. That's huge. Well, any final words? Uh, just uh, Liberty University. We're still a community, even though uh, we're doing this through the cameras. Uh, we're blessed uh, by by being having a community like this. That mm -hmm. even even when we're apart. Uh, residentially. I'm a residential dean. Uh, we can still talk this way. and We know you're going to be back. Uh, I, I'm depressed. An extrovert locked up is, a, is torture. And uh, I think Ryan's the same way. And so we can't wait to <laughs> have right. you back on campus. We miss you. We're, we're your Christian community. If you need stuff, let us know. Serve your neighbors. We'll do our best to do the same. Awesome. Dean Dave Bratt, America's favorite dean uh, <laughs> at Liberty University. Come to Liberty University, enroll online or as a residential student. Yep. You want to find out more, you can go to libertyuniversity.edu yep. uh, or liberty.edu. And uh, we'll continue with Rob McCoy on the Falkirk Center podcast after this. 
Hi, Ryan Helfenbein with the Falkirk Center for Faith and Liberty here at Liberty University, and I'm joined by Senior Pastor of Godspeak Calvary Chapel in a Thousand Oaks, California, also former mayor of a Thousand Oaks, California, Rob McCoy. Pastor, welcome. Thanks for stopping by this afternoon. I wanted to jump in real quick with you. Tell us yeah. about the state of religious liberty in California right now. What's going on? Well, we're being challenged, no doubt. Um, with the COVID-19, one of the very first uh, approaches of our state and county governments was to declare the church non-essential. Mm. So cannabis distributors are essential, <clears throat> liquor stores are essential, bike repair shops are essential, realtors are essential, but not the church. Mm. Uh, you, you can sell lottery tickets. We've had a 150% increase in alcohol sales. Mm. Uh, we've we've had a 900% increase in the calls to our crisis hotlines, but certainly don't include the church in any of those essential aspects. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a lot of legal uh, <clears throat> precedents that are that are taking shape. Heard of? I, I don't know where it is, what county or city, uh, where there was a local health official that was saying you can't over Skype or even over Zoom sing. Mendocino County. Mendocino County, that's it. Um, so tell us a little bit about the lawsuits that are currently being filed. Um, you, you have a story also there locally in Ventura County, as I understand it, of yep. a rabbi uh, who actually cannot hold service on the Sabbath. Uh, what, what's going on with that? So uh, Rabbi Michael, uh, Michael Barkley, dear friend of mine, he's uh, ordained both Reformed, Conservative, and Orthodox highly educated. He's taught at Loyola Marymount. He's a, just a wonderful man. But in the Orthodox tradition, since they can't use electricity, using Skype uh, during their, their Sabbath, their Shabbat, they can't do it. And in addition, with the county orders and the state orders, with no more than 10 people gathered, they can't even hold a minion because they've reduced it to seven. And if you know Jewish tradition, a minion is critical for 10 men to be together and they're, it, it's just, it's just obscene. It, it, mm. It's a violation of our constitutional rights. One of the things that I sent you a copy of the article, yeah. because we are, we are pursuing uh, legal action in Ventura County, also Riverside County and San Bernardino County and Mendocino County. Uh, Robert Tyler's our attorney, Tyler and Fuchs, and they're, they're wonderful. Mm. We've won two cases with them thus far, and we're going to continue to press this, but mm. We, we, uh, we were told we weren't allowed to meet, and the restrictions started getting heavier. Now, just to give you an idea, in Ventura County, I think we've had 14 deaths in a, in a county that has 850,000 population. So that's, that's one one-thousandth of 1% 1 of our population has died. Of those that have contracted it and have been hospitalized, it represents one-six-hundredth of 1%. 1 and then just those who have acquired it in general and may have already immunity. Uh, <clears throat> and we're starting to see with the Stanford study and the USC study that California is probably 4%. Uh, we, we, our immunity is, is heavy mm. in those two studies. But just those who've contracted it listed by the county itself, uh, it represents two-thirds, or excuse me, one-third of 1% 1 of the entire county. Yet, We've completely shut down businesses. We've devastated our economy. Mm. Uh, we now look at 22 million Americans out of work. We've got suicide. We've got spousal abuse. Uh, the hospitals are, for the most part, 
as of yesterday, they started to, to build a, a little bit more activity. But prior to that, they were ghost towns. Mm. Uh, we have we have stopped all non-essential surgeries, <clears throat> and it's it's arbitrary. Mm. And here we have Dr. Levin, who is our county health officer. He outlaws Easter candy on Easter Sunday, but regular candy is allowed. He outlaws Easter cards on Easter Sunday, but regular greeting cards are allowed. It is arbitrary. It's a violation of the First Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, Fourth Amendment, mm. on and on and on. And and we're not in martial law, mm. so. Go figure. That's incredible. And I think a lot of <clears throat> Americans are, are just not prepared to, in this particular moment, to challenge the authorities. I think that in many cases, uh, people have felt as though, um, at least in the beginning, hey, look, I'm going to be neighborly. I'm going to do the right thing. Uh, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, quarantine myself. I don't want to get anybody sick. But are we at the point now, if we turned a corner, Pastor Rob, uh, where it's necessary now not only to take a hard look, but maybe even to say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, you know, when is it appropriate? And I'm going to go ahead and ask this question because uh, all across the southeast, I think of places like uh, Greenville, Mississippi, which people would think in the middle of the Bible Belt, $500 fines handed out to churches for meeting in the parking lot. Uh, we know about what's happening in places like in my own state here in Virginia with Governor Northam and Governor Whitmer up in, in, in Michigan. In Kentucky with yeah. Levin. Yes, yes, and with with Andy Bashir, And many places, blue blue states, right, uh, where uh, these, uh, these governors are acting like local tyrants, like this is their own little fiefdom. Um, what, when is it appropriate, not only appropriate, not only permissible, but when is it necessary that we say, I, I see what you're saying, but we're going to disobey. We're going to practice civil disobedience. When Have we come to that point or when is it necessary? And I'm asking from a pastoral, even theological perspective. Uh, what do you say to that? Uh, I, I think as far as a case study goes, uh, not only as of... Uh, this month, I was a sitting city council member for the city of Thousand Oaks. Mm. And on Palm Sunday, when we realized that they wouldn't permit us to have communion, even if we followed CDC standards where we'd have no more than 10 people in the room, uh, we wore gloves, masks, we disinfected the seats, uh, we violated the county order. And, and I had called the sheriff to tell him, we're going to violate this order. We're, we're doing communion on Palm Sunday. It's essential. Mm. If, if communion isn't essential, then Christ isn't essential. And if Christ isn't essential, seriously, the church isn't essential. Mm. And, and I don't blame Dr. Levin uh, by, by declaring the church not to be essential because the Bible says God appoints all positions of authority. And Dr. Levin was simply stating what 77% of Americans believe the church to be non-essential uh, especially in a time of pandemic, which is tragic. Uh, mm. That's that's how the Amen. the nation views the church. Mm. And so when they when they violate the First Amendment, which most churches have no clue on, mm -hmm. nor do they stand in defense of, what they don't realize is we're defending the First Amendment for all the people. Right. This, this freedom of speech is the idea, and the freedom of religion and the freedom of the press. Our founders. And, and I get this all the time from pastors. Romans 13, we're supposed to submit to all, all authority. Well, I, I, I see these folks interpret Romans 13 as a command for unlimited submission to government by God. Mm. Uh, 
and, and, and this unlimited submission, does that apply? It's almost like a pacifist smugness mm-hmm. uh, that, that they've allowed government to become God without even knowing it. Right. Uh, when, when you're confronted with the, the true meaning of Romans 13, the, the, the accusations to me are absurd as far as I'm concerned, because mm-hmm. the idea is that those, those government officials are placed there for our benefit mm-hmm. and for good. And, and if we really want to go to submitting to all positions of authority, let's not forget, and we haven't had a lot of civic training in churches, we've abandoned the public square, but let's not forget the first three words of the preamble of the Constitution, which declares the authority in America, and it's, we the people. That's right. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union. So our officials govern by consent of the governed, as laid, listed in our birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence, and they govern by our consent. Our apathy and our silence is consent for them to usurp the rights. And by the way, the the, the U.S. Constitution doesn't give us any rights. Mm. It was designed by our founders to protect the rights given to us by God. Mm. And and as an elected official, I swore to defend that Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So when you have a health officer violate those constitutional rights of the people, I couldn't in good conscience stand by— having sworn to defend that constitution, and in addition, being a Christian that, that commands me, as the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 3, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. Mm. We weren't endangering anyone. We were completely following CDC standards. We honored Caesar. We completely honored Caesar, mm. but we violated an ordinance that violated the constitution. Mm. Mm. So, so you 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 know, you have to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to look at these documents. We can't be uh, brazen and and brash and rude, Mm. but we must stand upon truth. Yes. And the truth is, none of our governing authorities have the right to do what they're doing unless they're declaring martial law. Mm. And they haven't. And they can't arbitrarily decide that Easter cards are unacceptable, but regular greeting cards are. That's right. That's an arbitrary ab- application of the law. That's absolutely yeah. right. You know, I, I think of uh, cases in, in, in Scripture. We have test cases and examples. Uh, mm-hmm. In Exodus chapter 1, the Hebrew midwives disobeyed the order of Pharaoh to throw the Hebrew boys into the Nile River to kill them. And, and God blessed them. He did. He blessed them because of that. Uh, you think of, uh, for example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You think of, uh, of Daniel uh, when, when it came to prayer, public prayer. Um, you think of in, in Acts chapter uh, 5 when uh, Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin. We must obey God rather than men. Um, are we prepared, are we equipped as Ameri- Christians living in America to know when the time is appropriate, Pastor Rob, to disobey? Uh, what's the problem here? Is it biblical illiteracy? Is it civic illiteracy? Is it a little bit of both? Are we prepared for this particular challenge? I think it's, I think it's both. I think 50 years ago, the, the church abdicated its position in the public square. Mm. And, and I get this across the country when I speak to pastors. They say that politics is dirty. Mm. And, and my response to them is, so is the church. What's your point? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that just, you, you, can't, you can't use Romans 13 as, as an excuse for your apathy. Mm. And, and 
they, they say politics is dirty. And, and then they go on further to say, I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. And Ryan, you've heard me say this. And unless Jesus Christ is running for office, you're always going to be voting for the lesser of two evils. That's absolutely right. Yep. But when the Lord's prayer says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not talking about dominionism. I'm not talking about theocracy. Mm. I'm, I'm just simply asking the pastors, what does his kingdom look like on the earth? Is it socialism? Mm. Because that's what we're espousing now from the pulpits of America and our young people are embracing as though somehow this is God's command for government on the earth, mm. when it's a violation of two of the Ten Commandments, by the way. Mm. And one of my favorites is pastors say, you know, I don't get into politics. I just preach the gospel. Mm. Somehow alluding to the fact that maybe alluding to the idea that I don't. <laughs> right. But, but this, is, this is my favorite. And, and follow the, the line here. It, we find in Genesis, and it's also quoted in Romans, that Abraham was saved by, by faith. It, it says Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. So he's saved by grace through faith. He believed God, it was accredited to him as righteousness. That's back in Genesis 15, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Then we go over to Ephesians. It says you're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you've got Old Testament, New Testament speaking of uh, uh, salvation by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. So if we're saved by grace through faith, why in the world, 430 years later, as it says in Galatians 3, why 430 years later did God give the law? Mm. What's the point? We're already saved by grace through faith. Abraham believed God before the law was ever written. That's right. And then and then we find this, and, and I'll, I'll do my best to be brief, because this whole COVID-19 fell in a very critical s- segment of the, of the Christian calendar and also the Jewish calendar, Passover. Um, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. Mm. Now, follow me here, because you were alluding to it earlier when we were talking off camera. Yeah. You, you find that three to five million Jews are enslaved in Egypt. And, and, and slavery means they work all day to, to enrich someone else, and they get none of, of the benefit of their labor. They're slaves. God never intended man to be enslaved. He says, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. So they cry out to God in their slavery, and, they, and God sends a deliverance by, by, by the name of Moses. Moses comes and confronts Pharaoh and says, let my people go that they might go into the desert and worship me. And Pharaoh says, who is God that I should listen to him? Yes. Well, then the ten plagues come, and three of them actually not only affect the Egyptians, but also the Jews. And then finally, the last plague, which is the Passover, that kills the firstborn in every family, but then you have the blood of the Lamb, which is a picture of Christ— a, a total picture of the cross because you dip the blood in the basin, put it on the doorpost and on the top. You have the crown of thorns, blood there. You have the nails in his hands, blood there. Nails in his feet, blood there. It's a picture of Christ. The angel of death passes over, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. We're covered in the blood of Christ, and it's his righteousness imputed to us. Firstborn dies. God gives his firstborn in Jesus. Pharaoh relents, lets the slaves free. They go into the wilderness. This is kind of cool. As they go into the wilderness, Pharaoh realizes he's losing his economy. He chases after them. God parts the Red Sea, uh, gives them light, complete utter darkness to the Egyptians. They get floundering. The the Hebrews get a distance, cross over to the other side. God returns the waters and drowns Pharaoh's army. They get into the wilderness, these three to five million Jews. Their, Their shoes don't wear out for 40 years, the scripture says. Their clothes don't wear out. Food appears where there's no food. Quail are blown off course so they can have meat. Mm. Water appears out of rocks where there's no water. Then Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he receives a downloaded moral app. Mm. 
First five commandments are relationship with God. Second five commandments are relationship with each other. Hmm. It comes down and, and the, and the entire three to five million people are, are in debauchery. They've built the golden calf, the whole bit. Moses calls them to account, says, this is the moral standard. And he places it in the center of the community. Now, all the miracles that I just listed, we always forget to teach the most incredible miracle of all. Three to five million Jews lived together for 40 years without a police force or a standing army because they had moral law. And only a moral people can govern a republic. And if the churches don't participate in showing people how to govern themselves, and government was created by God, no way a covenant, if we don't participate in that and we abdicate our responsibility, mm. why are we shocked that we're, we're losing our freedom? We're allowing our folks to be enslaved. Mm. And when our founders gave us the seven articles of the Constitution, they, they knew that we were the king, we the people. And they knew that the king needed counselors because the president needs his cabinet. Kings needs counselors, right? Yeah. So they ensured that we'd have counselors. And they gave us the First Amendment, the very first of the Bill of Rights. Freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and the freedom to peaceably assemble for right of redress of grievances against the government. Mm. When we held that communion service in violation of the county and state order, I resigned from the city council because I didn't want to put my colleagues through that mess. Mm. That was an office I worked hard to achieve. But I couldn't hold that office at the same time uh, uh, violating my constitutional commitment to protect the Constitution and, and to defend it and still operate an office and to allow our religious liberty to be crushed. So we didn't do it. The, the cameras came out, all that happened, and we followed the CDC standards. It had nothing to do with the health of the community. I love this city. I don't want anyone to die. We've had seven cases in Newberry Park, and, and no one's been hospitalized and no deaths. And nothing's increased since our Palm Sunday service. It's absolutely and, incredible. And we yeah. defended the rights of the protesters who came out. Yeah, imagine that. It was imagine. non-essential, yeah. but they were exercising their First Amendment rights. Yes. We've got to be educated. Yes. And you, and you demonstrate that. And by the way, what you just went through, I think the majority, not only just of Americans, Christians sitting in the pews could not articulate, Pastor Rob. Uh, dare I say, I think there's a lot of pastors who couldn't just articulate what you just said in terms of the, the cohesion between Old and New Covenant, how it all flows together historically and the canonical understanding of the Bible and, uh, and the giving of the law. Um, and, and it's very, very sad. It's a sad state of affairs that there are many Americans living under the protection of freedom, but they don't understand that they are the rulers, the Caesars that have been appointed to protect and defend it. It's a, it's a republic if you can keep it. And um, it's amazing that uh, even going back to the garden, Adam and Eve were given a garden to tend and to keep it. Protect. Yeah, keep. that's right. That's right. So from, from uh, an enemy. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And the enemy was, was, was still alive. Uh, the, the enemy was around even then, even when they had the garden. Um, the, the, the enemy uses government just like God intends to use government. Mm -hmm. and, and somehow we think that we're not being true to the gospel if we participate in government. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're called to do. Yes. And, and I, I would also, I, I want to commend the Falkirk Institute, uh, Center, excuse me. And, and I want to commend you for this. It's often been said that that as I travel the country speaking to pastors to, to get the 
60 to 80 million evangelicals engaged in the political process in the public square. And of the 60 to 80 million, only half are registered to vote. And of the half registered to vote, only half of those vote Mm. in a presidential election, 12% non-presidential election. Pastors are apathetic. And and I I, want to be careful because I love I love these pastors. Of course we do. Absolutely. They're no different than I I was a few years ago. This is how we've been trained. Mm-hmm. I want to awaken them. And usually when they see this, they always awaken. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not lazy. Right. They just, it, it's confusing to them would mm-hmm. probably be a better way to describe. But I, I want to share this with you. As we go out and we do this, we've often said that what we do is spiritual and the byproducts political. But I want to talk about Falkirk. <laughs> you fall in line with Galatians chapter three that says that the law is a school teacher. Mm. that keeps us safe and points us to Christ until faith comes. Mm. So when God gave the law, he gave it so that we could live together and govern one another, accountability to God, accountability to each other, which gives us complete freedom mm. because we're no, we know we're accountable to somebody greater and we're going to give an accounting of our life. So we're mindful not to steal or to covet or to commit adultery or to cheat, all of that. And, and to honor our mother and father, which is the building block. And that's the one commandment that applies to God and applies to our earthly parents. Mm. And, and as we apply this law, whether you're, you know, I always say this, whether you're an atheist or an agnostic, you're still bound by the law of gravity. That's why our founders said the laws of nature and nature's God. They never commanded that we adhere to a specific religious belief, but they did acknowledge that there is a supreme designer creator and that these rights come from him. And we're bound by these laws of nature and nature's God. And so when we lay down good laws to allow people to flourish, and it says in the law school at, at Harvard, which they used to say at the commencement of every graduation, yeah, it's in the stairwell on a plaque. It started in 1912. It says, the law is the wise restraints that make men free. Mm. So you apply restraints towards evil in order to pursue excellence. Mm-hmm. Sin comes easy. We don't have to practice it. Right. But if you want to obtain a higher level of excellence— you have to front load it. You've got to discipline your life. You, you can't be sitting in front of the idiot box, the, the window into hell in the corner of your living room, just putting on your alpha waves and just being stupid. Mm-hmm. You've got to pick up a book and you've got to read. You have to do your homework. We want our kids to be front loaded. We want them to succeed. We want them to have options and opportunities. But if you give to a child when it cries or a pig when it oinks, she'll end up with a fine pig and a rotten child. Mm. We discipline our children. That's right. And, and so what Falkirk does is what you're doing is political, mm-hmm. and the byproduct is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love what Charlie Kirk is all about, because the church basically rejects Charlie in many regards. And this, this man loves the Lord with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind. He loves the Lord, mm-hmm. as to so many of your fellows and ambassadors at the Falkirk. They, they are pointing out and, in, and inviting everyone of every faith or absence of faith to show them that these laws and these principles to govern themselves by work. Mm-hmm. And when they see that, they get excited and they go, where do these absolutes come from? And then they present Christ until faith comes. Mm-hmm. And I have watched more people come to Christ by what you guys are doing mm-hmm. than in many cases, mm-hmm. the, the the myopic and truncated gospel that the church puts mm-hmm. forward. Wow. Wow. That's... I. I'm I'm honored by that, and I and I'm honored by you, Pastor Rob, and what you're doing uh, out there in uh, in Thousand Oaks, California, 
um, in what you're doing, not only for the church, but uh, for, for civic government and for freedom for everybody. Um, what, uh, just, uh, just real quick, I'm going to give you a final, final word. Uh, what's, uh, what's your prediction in terms of what happens over the next uh, few weeks uh, out there in California with Governor Newsom and, and all the rest? You know, I, I hate to think that there's there's someone nefarious behind this. That that this is this has been instituted and instigated to bring down our economy. And I, I, I'm I'm you know, love hopes all things, mm. but I also don't want to be naive and and stupid. Mm. And and I, I know that people want to take advantage of of crisis, mm. the Hegelian dialectic. You know when. The problem's so big, and then the government provides a solution that's half as bad as the problem, but they, they gain more power, yes. and we lose more freedom. And anyone who gives up their freedom for the sake of, of safety or security will end up with neither. Right. Benjamin Franklin. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I want to encourage everybody, and this is exciting to me, the silver lining is I think it's backfired if there is anyone out there trying to attempt a nefarious action, whether it be the Chinese or some government entity or a handful of people. I don't know. But let's say that there is, I think it's backfired on them Mm. because you don't really realize what you had until you've lost it. Mm. And we've gotten a taste of socialism for a little over 30 days now and nobody likes it. Trial version. Trial version. And, and remember this folks, you can vote yourself into socialism, but you got to shoot your way out. That's right. And we have, we, I hope this is a wake up call that people will start to not take for granted these rights given by our creator, that man wants to subdue and enslave us and take them away and tell us we're not created in the image of God, that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made, that the churches have now learned how to use social media and, and the internet. Uh, we, we've come into the the new you know era. So it, there's silver lining in this, but doggone it, enough is enough. Let's get the economy rolling. Folks need to feed their families. It, it is, it's unconscionable to be starving our people. Mm doing what we're doing for something that is as is, is as devastating as the flu. Mm-hmm. I, I, I lament the death of anyone. Absolutely. But I also lament 22 million people being out of work and people losing their families, mm. alcoholism, drug use. We've had overdose. It has to stop. Mm. Thanks, man. Well, thank you, brother. And thank you, Pastor. We, we love you and we're praying for you. And we look forward to what God is going to be doing through you and your church there in Southern California. God bless you. And thank you for joining us. Thanks, Ryan. God bless you guys. And uh, give, uh, give Jerry a high five for me because he rocks. Absolutely. He does. 